If you had Doritos on you right now, I would take it. Bring it in. Ah, just like enjoy the Dorito smell and then give it right back to you. And then my head is like, you are the greatest human on the face of the planet, right? Like that's how you build self-love, by doing difficult things, by being proud of the effort. And then if you're there, then you can be way harder on yourself because there's so much self-love. Most people have no self-love and so they can't handle a little bit of criticism. I see it as like, if you look at the yin-yang circle, like yes. the black and the white, the more you build your self-love, the more you can build the hardness. The more you're your cheerleader, the more you can be your biggest critic. I think you need to be your, your biggest critic as well as your biggest cheerleader. So publicly, most of the time I'm saying, I suck, like we're still trying to get better. I, we're, we, we're just scratching the surface of what's possible. Like we suck, we suck, we suck. But that's more a skill set. The conversation inside the head is like, I'm, I got this, I'm right. genius, I'm amazing. And I think that that's a gift that everybody can have. I want everybody to love themselves more. I want everybody to believe in themselves more. That's why it's the world's biggest problem. Because if everybody woke up and felt that way, we'll solve everything. Life, one thing is certain. Time does not stand still. Everyone has a story to share. And your story is no less important than anyone's. Make today the day you move forward and take action. Don't let another day slip by. Your story isn't over. If you're not familiar with Evan Carmichael, he is out to solve the world's biggest problem, getting people to believe in themselves. This is our second interview with Evan, who believes in entrepreneurs and has dedicated his entire career to serving them. He has a hit YouTube channel, does a three-month inspirational tour across 22 cities in America, and is intentional and methodical about his entire brand. Evan says, you're the best in the world at something. But chances are, it's not what your parents want you to do. It's not what you went to school for. Evan and I discuss his top 10 rules, his definition of goals, the pillow test, and much, much more. He is also getting ready to launch his latest book, Built to Serve, and discusses some of the content in our interview. And speaking of books, I am on a mission to help people find conviction within themselves by writing their very own book. If you've thought about writing a bestseller, but need some accountability and a boost getting started, I want to help. Join me and Andre Heichel Jr. for an interactive incubator course to birth your own book. Don't let another year slip by. Check out the link in the show notes for more details. And now, I introduce you to 
Mr. Evan Carmichael. American Real. I am Roger Brooks. My guest today is Evan Carmichael, author, entrepreneur, mentor. And Evan, I want to call you a friend. This is our second time, first time meeting in person. Welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Good to be back. Oh, I love it. And I love your studio. It looks like your studio, though. <laughs> That's right. So this <laughs> right? is our studio yeah. in your home. Yeah. Uh, this is great. I, you know, I've started following you maybe a couple of years ago. Okay. Before I even really got into podcasting, and what I really love about your message is that it's authentic. And um, I just, I, I was curious if you were intentional about that from the beginning. I know your hashtag is, or your tagline is believe. Yeah. Um, where does that come from? So, you know, at the very beginning, I, I put my business off my name, Evan Carmichael, because I'd sold my first company. I was asked to do a bunch of speaking gigs, um, traveling around the world, and so I just put evancarmichael.com as my website as a personal brand. As I started building up content, um, I thought I actually made a mistake. Like I, I should have called it small business tips or small business resources or something for SEO optimization. And then I realized, man, I'm so glad I didn't go off and do that. Um, believe came later. I believe that everybody has a single most important core value. And when you figure out what your core value is, it allows you to live your life with a lot more intention, bring people on your team with a lot more intention. And so when I discovered mine, which is belief, then that's the, that's the lens through which I see the world. And so every piece of content that I make, every, every interview that I do, it's always my intent, at least, to try to ooze believe. I may not always deliver, but it's always my goal going in. And it just becomes, it becomes the North Star. And I think that's within everybody. And so if you look at how do you find it, if you look at your your favorite movie and your favorite book and your favorite teacher growing up and what you loved about your parents is a through line between all of them. If you had to write three words down for why you love this book and why you love this song and why you love Mrs. Jones from you know, grade eight, it wasn't because she taught you math, there's something about her that you love and you write three words down, you'll see this connected tissue between all the things that you love. That's what you value the most. And then now knowing that allows you to plan for a better future to track more of that with intention into your life. And I love that word intention because um, I think a lot of times we get so caught up in our lives. And I'm not talking about you in particular. I'm talking yeah. about people in general that they don't take the time to be aware um, or be intentional about what they're doing. And I think what you're doing is you're helping people realize that. You helped me realize that. And by bringing some of the um, uh, celebrities or whomever you you bring that for your top ten rules. Yeah, I think that's it. Seems to be very intentional, but it it strikes a chord with me as the individual, and and I'm sure everyone else that follows you is that intentional. Yeah, I mean, I want to spread more belief. I think it's I think the world's biggest problem is that people don't believe in themselves enough. So I'm I'm off on this mission to try to solve the world's biggest problem, 
and you know, if you think cancer is the world's biggest problem, I think we could have solved cancer already. I think the woman who solves cancer is a manager at McDonald's because she never found that she's great at biology and didn't believe in herself enough to chase it down. So I think that's the world's biggest problem. And so how I got it was through modeling successful people. Bill Gates saved my first company, even though I've never met him. I researched his story and it saved my business. And so for the past 20 years, it's what I've been doing is trying to share that with other people as well to say, here's what you can learn from Bill Gates or Oprah or Kanye or whoever. And what I love doing, especially with intention, is trying to find people who, yes, are easy to understand and like, but the ones who are difficult to understand and like. The first top 10 was on Kanye West. And I made it because a buddy of mine, Mark Drager, uh, made this blog post about Kanye and Taylor Swift and the whole issue they had. And it was years after it happened. And I said, you know what? You may not like Kanye. He may do a lot of stupid things that you may not agree with. But you can also learn from Kanye. There's a lot you can learn from him. Um, he, you know, he, he went from being a, a producer to being a rapper to being an entrepreneur. He won more Grammys uh, at his age than anybody in human history. Um, guys like John Legend. You know John Legend? Sure. So his name isn't John Legend. His name is John Stevens. And him and Kanye are friends, which already seems weird. Like John Legend seems to be the nicest human of all time, and you got Kanye being Kanye. How are they friends? And they're at a bar in Chicago when John Stevens was starting his career, and he tells Kanye, I feel like I have an old school voice. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of from the Sinatra era, like this isn't my era right now. And Kanye says, you should call yourself the legend. And he said, well, I can't do that. Like, what if it doesn't work out? I'm just getting started. I'm going to call myself a legend at the very beginning. And Kanye helped convince him to change his name to John Legend. Wow. So even if you hate Kanye and, he, and you think he's the worst human alive, awesome, are you that good a friend to your friends? Like, you can learn from that. And so I made the first top ten just as a, Mark, my friend, go watch his video and learn something from Kanye, right? And then people said, hey, I love that. Can you do... Right? right? Can you do Oprah? Can you do this person? Can you do that person? Right? And it's always positive. For anybody who's seen my content, it's always believe. It's always positive. There's a lot. I think my channel would actually grow faster if I went negative. If I said the top 10 stupidest things Kanye ever said, mm -hmm. that's easy content for people to want right. to consume. Right? But instead, we try to take people and show only the positive side of what they're saying and bring that in. Because um, I want to spread belief. And so it's been 10 years of being on YouTube. Uh, it's, been, it's been a wild ride. April 2009 was the first video, and that's, that's my mission for life. And YouTube, I think right now, is the best platform to spread a message. 100%. And you and I actually spent our first uh, talk discussing YouTube in particular. And I've been spreading that word and, and trying to live it to be more consistent. Yeah. Uh, you talk about putting up 10-minute posts. Uh, there's something to that algorithm where, where 10 minutes, and, and, I'm, and I'm seeing that, you know, and, and, and seeing the increase in numbers. So, nice. Um, Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. And, <laughs> it's awesome. It works, but it's the consistency, right? How how important has consistency been in your in your career? And I'm talking even way back. Yeah, yeah, huge, huge, man. I mean, I have over six thousand videos on the channel. Um, today, six videos are going up. Right, we have ten channels, I think, and six videos go up across the channels every day. Um, I've passed people. This is actually sad for me. I've passed people who I look up to, who I feel are way better at speaking than I am, and I've, I've way passed them on YouTube just because they're not super consistent. Mm -hmm. 
they're not creating enough content. So part of my mission is also to, be, to help some of these people who are the thought leaders, are the gurus, are the people who have all the knowledge and are uh, maybe a little older, like 50s, 60s, 70s, some people, um, and have archives of content, are still making some videos, but, but they're just not putting it up on YouTube. It's like, I want to help preserve your legacy. Like, your content needs to be up there. And so when I see my channel have 2 million subscribers and somebody else has 200,000, um, it's not the comparison and the ego play. It's like, man, if I'm at 2 million, you're the legend. You should be at 200 million, right? Like, let's get your stuff out there more. And so it's been a surprising turn for my business, or at least a little part of it, of a lot of the mentors and heroes that I look up to, I'm now actually helping them to get their, their message out. I mean, even looking at your stuff, right? Like, I, you ask great questions. You, 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 you care a lot about the content that you're putting up. You're not just throwing stuff together. You're willing to drive here from New York and bring your setup and all this stuff here to make this happen. I want to see your stuff win harder. Like, I, I want to see more valuable content uh, on the platform because... 19-year-old Evan who quit on his business would have been able to watch American Real and learn something and maybe not feel so bad about himself. Yeah, right? I appreciate that. And it seems like we're in an era where there's so many good people yeah. like yourself, like Meltzer, like Ed Milet, like Gary Vee. And don't, aren't you proud to be part of that? Yeah. I mean, um, Gary and I have known each other for a while uh, before he was really even big on YouTube. Um, I've had a great privilege of being with Ed, uh, being in his home, helping with his YouTube. Same thing with Dave. Um, I love it. Like, I, I, I remember I told, you know Tom Bilyeu? Yeah, I do. I remember when I had Tom Bilyeu on my channel, when we first did a top 10 on him, somebody said, do Tom Bilyeu. Like, I never heard of this guy from Quest. Like, okay, let's do him. And I'm like, oh, I love this guy. Like, I really love this guy. I never heard of him. The world needs to hear Tom Bilyeu. And... Um, I remember being on a call and saying, like, I really hope you don't get discouraged and don't quit. Mm. Because it's, it's really hard for somebody who's had so much success to then start over and be at the beginning again right. and not see views happen and not see momentum happen and give up and quit too soon. I said, I really hope you keep going because I love your message. And then a year later, it's like, here's guy. He's, he's got a million subscribers yeah. and he's blowing up. And it's funny you said Dave Meltzer because I told Dave the same thing. Like, I think you're, you're Tom Bilyeu a year later. You got a great message, like heart-driven. The world needs more of this, and uh, just please don't stop. Yeah, right. And, please and I don't see stop. his momentum building every week. It's wonderful to see. Yeah, it's just wonderful. It's to happening. See. So um, you often hear people talk about connecting the dots backwards. If yeah. you look back, I was just looking through your website okay. um, yesterday, and I saw all the pictures of you. You know, in your early years and mm. the, the progression. If you look back. And you're almost 40 now. Yeah. Um, what about your journey stands out um, in that you're now at a place where you could do what you love to do? Did, was it some luck? Was it timing? Was it making good decisions? Was it your consistency? Was it your upbringing? Was it a little bit of everything? Um, I'm sure. Probably a mix of all of that. I think... The willingness to not live with regret kind of supersedes a lot of it. Where does that come from? Um, probably my parents is the easy answer. I haven't really thought too deeply about it, if I'm being honest. I just remember the hardest decision I've had to make in my life. I'm in university, get these opportunities to work at my dream job and make 100 figures and uh, 
uh, six figures, sorry, and, and like travel around the world and all this stuff, and or or be a part of a startup company, make 300 bucks a month and own 30% of this company. And I really struggled with it. My friends wanted these dream jobs too, and my parents just said, do whatever you know feels right. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to give myself a year. I'll try the company. If it doesn't work out, I can other I can always get another job. It may not be the same job, same pay, but like close enough. Right. I didn't know if this startup business would ever come around again. And I had um, Jeff Bezos' uh, voice coming into my head where he would say he created a regret minimization framework. Mm-hmm. Basically try to live your life with no regrets. Mm-hmm. So I asked myself, what would I regret more? Saying no to the job or saying no to the company? And it was saying no to the company and the owning. So that made me go off and do it. And ever since then, it's been... Uh, using that filter, if it, it, am I going to regret this if I don't try? Because you very rarely re- regret the things you do, it's the things you don't do. Mm-hmm. So if I don't do it, you know, if I, if I don't say yes because I'm afraid, because I can find some logical reason, but if I don't do it, am I going to regret that in five years, ten years, nine, 90 years, whatever? And if it's yes, then I, I say I have to go off and do it, even if I fail, just to know. Because I'd rather know and fail than not know. And I think from you know, 19, when I had that first company up until now, it's still been the, I don't want to have regrets. Awesome. Yeah. Um, if you think about the future, yeah. you're doing so much. Um, I heard you say uh, today that you don't have a lot of friends. Yeah. yeah. I, I could relate to that. Okay. <laughs> really? Like, I, I have friends. Yeah. Like, you know, but I, I'm very content, my wife and I, with our kids. Yeah. And... But I focus on what I enjoy doing, and that is putting out great content. Um, if you, as we look, finish this year and look into next year, where's Evan's mind as far as your goals for 2020? I honestly have no idea. Really? Um, yeah, I mean, this is maybe where I, I differ a lot from other people in my space. Um, I think if you have a 10-year goal for yourself, you're thinking small. Okay. Or a five-year goal, or even a 2020 goal. Like, to know where you're going to be at the end of 2020, I think is ridiculous. Too short of a time frame. Uh, too, too long of a time frame. In that you're going to grow so much between now and the end. Of, I'll be a different person. I'm, gonna, I'm going to go on a tour in January to April. We're going to hit 22 cities or something over 89 days or something like that. Um, I'll be a different person when I come back, right? And that's April. Last this year, when I did my tour, I broke my neck. I was a different person. I came back I was a different person. Any goal that I set for myself at the beginning of the year has shifted because I've shifted. It doesn't mean that goals are bad. It just means I think a lot of people set goals and then they go off and hit them, but it's small compared to what you could have done. Now, if you if you go five years or ten years, it's ridiculous. Like if you looked at yourself, if you're 50 now and you set at 40, I'm going to make my 10 year goal and I'm going to be do an American Reel and have a YouTube show. And it's like this, yeah. you were thinking totally different things. Right. If you're growing, like I think that's a good thing. Right. I think if you can actually, with any accuracy, plan where you're going to be, even by the end of next year, then, then you have no growth in your life. I think that's bad. So I'm not so focused. I have a mission, right? And every day I wake up and I try to hit that mission. I think that's the driving force, right? I want to solve the world's biggest problems, what I'm trying to do every single day and then willing to be flexible on how to go off and actually accomplish it. I want to wake up and do meaningful work every day. That's the goal. That's awesome. I believe I heard you say at one point you want to reach a billion people. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, I want a goal so big that I'm never going to hit it. People then ask me, how do I track it? I'm not. 
That's not the point. The point's not to track it. The point is to, to wake up and do work that has the potential to reach a lot of people, right? Doing this show, it's gonna reach a lot of people. Doing my YouTube channel, it's gonna reach a lot of people. That's why I don't do one-on-one coaching as, a, as my main business, mm. right? Because it's very meaningful, but it's only gonna help 20 people at a time, right? I wanna have a much bigger impact. So the filter through which I make decisions is, will this be able to reach a lot of people? And if it's yes, I'm gonna do it. If no, then it better be like insanely meaningful or I'm not gonna to touch it. Mm. Uh, branding. Mm-hmm. You're big on branding. Mm-hmm. Every, again, consistency. Yeah, yeah. For people that are trying to figure out their purpose mm-hmm. and then the next step, their brand, who mm-hmm. they are, mm-hmm. what, what recommendations would you have? Where do you start? Do you start on a whiteboard? Do yeah. Get, how do you get going? Uh, so I, I got a new book coming out. This is it's on exactly that. Oh, are you, are you, are you, you're, okay. <laughs> he's, he's, we'll get there right he's, now. He's, he's making it easier it. for me. Okay. So I actually flip it. I would go with um, who you are before your purpose. So I have a book called Built to Serve. It's coming out, depending on when this video comes up. Love the time. The idea is people are, humans are built to serve. If you're not happy, it's because you're not serving. Either the world, you and I have big missions. We want to serve the world. Not everybody has a world mission, but they want to serve the 25 closest people to them, right? Friends, really close family. Mm -hmm. But either way, you're built to serve. If you're not happy, it's because you're not serving. You don't need tons of friends to be happy, but you need to be serving. You need to feel like the work you're doing matters to be happy. Otherwise, you won't be. So if you're ever in an unhappy spot, anybody, recognize, am I serving somebody? Probably not. That's a quick fix to get out of it. Um, Serving others hits the same part of your brain as having food and having sex, which are also pretty important, right? Um, Now, some people, you're you're gonna be happy holding a door for somebody or buying a coffee for the person behind you in line, great, but if you can actually connect it to a deeper purpose, that's when things really blow up for you. So the three-step process I go through with people is who I have. So who is your one word most important value? For me, it's belief. Do you, did you, do you have one? You figured out yours? Did we go through it? My belief. Your most important core value? Huh. Serving. Great. Awesome. So it's even more important to you. <laughs> right. <laughs> right? But even under serving could be... Um, adding more layers to it, so authenticity is important to you. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you wouldn't be on this show, mm-hmm. right? So people may not connect authenticity and serving, but to you, right. they're connected, right? So even having a little more clarity. So I like to come up with three children for, like, what does serving look like? So it's authenticity, it's this, and it's Transparency. This. Yeah, consistency. great. So now even thinking about the team you hire, right? So you, you brought along your camera guy with you to, on the drive from New York, amazing. He better believe in serving, too. Because it's not just about can you push the buttons and record properly. It's do you believe in the mission that we're on. Um, he might have the greatest skills of all time, but if he doesn't believe in serving, you guys just aren't going to, it's not going to work. Right? So that's great, that's great awareness already that most people don't have. If you ask people what's your most important core values, like, mm-hmm. okay, it's, you should figure that out. It's mm-hmm. pretty important. That's your brand. Branding is an emotion. Your brand is about serving. My brand is about believe. You want people to point to the brand and say, this is what this person is all about, right? Or this company is all about. So your most important core value isn't something that is separate from your business. You don't then go through that for your, what is my business value? No, it's the same thing. You bring yourself to the business. Your business needs to value what you value. If your business values something different than what you value, it's not going to be a great place for you. So your most important core value, you then bring that to your business, and you bring on people who believe the same things you believe. Right? Just with different skill sets. 
because you're great at this and you suck at a bunch of other things, right? Bring on people to help you. So that's the first part, the who. And, and to find it, we talked a little bit about it already before. Think about your parents, favorite teacher, music, all of that. What's the connected tissue? Even if you don't get it perfect, like even if you go home and you do the work, maybe you come up with something slightly different than serve, but serve is still there. It's like serve isn't the opposite. You're not too far off the track, even if that's not your word. Um, so it's a great starting point. Uh, now we go to the why. So who, why, how? Uh, the why is your purpose. Your purpose comes from your pain. Whatever the most painful moment was for you as a human, uh, not physical pain, but emotional, psych- psychological pain, where you felt the most worthless as a human, those are the people who you want to help for life. Uh, I want to help 19-year-old Evans. And recognizing that there currently are lots of people who are like who you used to be. Mm-hmm. Like probably millions of people yeah. who are exactly like who you used to be. You can help them. And you can help them. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say it's so interesting because I've been thinking about this lately. Like I want to help the people where I was, say, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Where I felt like, you know, I was walked on. Yeah. Or, you know, the yes man. Or um, I want to help those people. Yeah. Because once you get over that, once you get the confidence, everything changes. Yeah. So, so th- this is a great scenario. So how do you stop being the yes man? How do you stop being walked over but still serve and still be a nice person and not be selfish and not screw people over? Right. Which is what people then default to thinking, well, in order to not be stepped over, I need to be the bad guy and I need to be, right? right. You found the way out. Mm-hmm. Serving others and helping people understand that will lift you up yes. much, much more than just buying a coffee for somebody behind you in line. Right? So seeing the person who is who you used to be is the thing that we lift, lift you up forever. And so it's recognizing that. So it's just asking what, what, is, what was the most painful moment in your life and being able to go back and say, well, it's here where I, I got walked on again and like, then this happened. There's lots of people who are having that happen to them right now and they don't know what to do. You can help them. Yeah. So that's massive clarity, right? So that, that theme then comes through for the guests you have on your show and the content that you create and the volunteer work that you do, all of it is going to bleed through that. I struggled as an entrepreneur so much, so I love helping out entrepreneurs in the early stages, right? More than anything else, right? Um, and that will never get old. Both of those will never get old. You'll be, you'll be 95 and still care about serving. Right. You can't rip it out of it. Right. It's just, if anything, it's only going to be stronger, like, yes. like more confident in your desire to serve at 90. You'll be in your like, chair and still wanting to serve, finding some way. Yep. Like, and it's great. It's like that kind of awareness for the rest of your life is amazing. It's a gift that most people never get. Um, same thing with the, the why. Your purpose will be that for life. You'll, you'll love helping people overcome the situation forever. When you're 95, you'll still love helping that person, whether they're 40 or 30 or 20, but going through that feeling of being yes. walked on and how to get the confidence to get out of it. You'll, you'll be hosting little seminars at the retirement home with people <laughs> coming in, and right? Like you'll just, you'll love it forever. Um, the last one is the how, so who I have. How is whatever you did to get out of that hole is teachable. It wasn't just some fluke. And you may not be fully out of the hole. Like you want to grow and keep learning and getting better forever. But you're way better than what you were before, 10 years ago. Whatever you did to get out of it, whether it was go to events, whether it was get into personal development, whether it was get a mentor, read books, whatever got you out of it is now teachable that you can go back and tell these other people who are exactly like that to say, here's what you can do. Because you represent hope. A lot of those people feel hopeless. Yeah. Right? The 40-year-old version of you feels hopeless. The 50-year-old version of you says, we got this. Mm-hmm. Right? 
I can't help that person as much as you can because that's not my problem. I wasn't going through that. So I can have empathy and compassion and understanding and listen, but I can't tell them exactly what to do because I didn't suffer through it. But you did, so you can go back and help them, right? Awesome. And so that's a recipe. What you got out of, how you did it, whatever your path was, is a recipe now that you can teach other people. I can't wait to read this book. Dude, so I'm so excited. When is it out? Uh, March. Okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perfect. No, it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> you want it out soon. I want it out ASAP. Yeah, uh, yeah. But that's part of the process of working with publishers and everything. Yes. So, yeah. Evan, you mentioned your injury yeah. a few minutes ago. Can you talk about what happened? Because I, I watched you on your, on your tour, and, you, and yeah. one day you ended up with a neck brace. Yeah, yeah. So um, I was on a tour. We did 90 days, 23 cities at the start of this year. We were two-thirds of the way through, um, March 15th, my wife's birthday. I had a whole day planned for us, and um, I ended up, uh, was doing some uh, medical research because I'm into biohacks, but I also have a kind of a weak stomach and can't handle a lot of, like, blood and stuff. So I was reading something, and then um, I fainted, which I've never done in my life. I felt a little weak. I thought I might, you know, vomit or something, but then I just passed out. Um, I woke up on the floor. There's blood everywhere. When that happened, I was sitting in a chair like this, just passed out. My wife's next to me, passed out. Um, I hit my forehead on, on the wall, wow. and then uh, slid down and, and sliced the back of my head open on the baseboard. So they didn't know what was happening, rushing to the hospital. I needed to have three staples in my head. Um, had a concussion, which I've never had before. Um, compressed my spine, broke two bones in my neck and um, put me in a collar. He did an MRI and all the, all the, all the stuff, the crazy experiments. Um, it was painful. <laughs> painful physically, but also I've never not had control of my mind. Of all the things that I kind of value and, and I can get through anything as long as I can think clearly, but here I had a concussion and I couldn't remember anything and I couldn't think clearly, I couldn't process information, and it was really uh, scary. Mm. Um, then people were asking me, well, okay, well, like, when's, how are you going to come home? When's the next flight? Or how can you go? And uh, my agent, you know, was saying, okay, well, well, we'll, we'll figure out how to say, I still had a third, I had a month left on right. my tour. And I said, I'm not coming home. We're going wow. to keep going. It's like, what do you mean you're going to keep going? You broke your neck and you have a concussion. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm going to do at home. Lie in the bed? Like, hanging out with entrepreneurs is healing for me. Yes. This is healing, yes. right? Doing work that's a service is healing much more than lying at home on bed, right? So let's at least try. Let's at least try. And then I remember, um, so Nina had to take over, and she was, she, we were driving this giant Suburban, and I sat in the front seat with, like, pillows propped up, and um, at each workshop that I did, instead of being able to stand up and walk around, I just sat at the front of the room for three, four hours and had pillows and an ice pack on me and did my workshop. Wow. Yeah. Incredible. Um, somebody asked me what was my highlight of 2019 on a show earlier today, and I said, breaking my neck. Because mm -hmm. it, 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 every time you go through something difficult, it unlocks new yeah. confidence and resilience. Even though my workshops were probably a little worse because I couldn't get up and move around, the fact that I was just even willing to try is the thing, right? People are so hooked on getting the results, tying their self-esteem to the results, it really should be in the effort. Are you proud of your effort? And so it unlocked a new level of confidence that I didn't have before because I had gone through it. Now I'm thinking about my 2020 tour, and, and secretly in my head, I'm also thinking it's not going to be as good because <laughs> I'm not going to 
throw my head against the wall on purpose <laughs> right. and break my neck again, right? Yeah. It's not going to be as hard. Um, and so one of the things I like to do is whenever there's difficulty, I say it's the best. You broke your neck? Yeah, it's the best. <laughs> right? Like, let's go. It. Like, this is your chance to show yourself yes. and the world what you're made of. Did you surprise yourself? Yeah. At the time? Yeah. Um, I mean, at the beginning, I was just in shock, I think. I didn't know what to do. But we still went live every day on Instagram. Uh, we still were making videos. Like, you can watch my YouTube channel. There I am, like, right. with, <laughs> with my cast on and not moving and, like, massive pain but still making content. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I knew I have pretty decent physical pain tolerance. But this was taking it to a whole new level. And I got a lot from it personally, right? Like, I didn't know if I would be capable of it. When we left the hospital, um, I had to get into the car and we were driving home. And, and uh, it was the first time I had cried, I think, in, I don't know, like five years or something. Wow. I'm not a big crier. Uh, except for, like, sad movies or something. Then I'll get cry. <laughs> but, but, like, from pain. Right. And, and the problem was uh, I couldn't get into the car. Mm. Okay, this suburban, um, and I could, I just couldn't climb in. I was in too much pain, and I was halfway in and couldn't go further, and couldn't come back out. And my wife was trying to, you know, push me to a line to get in, and I just broke down out of frustration. frustration. That, like, I was going to ask you, was it yeah, frustration? Frustration, yeah. like I can't do it. Do it. I yes. can't do it. Like I'm at my my max, and I can't do it anymore. Um, and I didn't know what the game plan was going to be. Um, so that was. That was good. Like, hitting those moments is good. That brings up a, a good, I think, life lesson for everyone that yeah. we might want to talk about for a moment here. Okay. And that's, as we get older, and if we think about, say, our parents are even a little bit older, they can't do things like they used to do. Um, elderly people want to do things. In their head, they want to do it, but they can't. So we do have to have empathy, right? We do have to, you know, just stop and think and, and help people when they may need help, right? Whether it's on the street or whether it's making a phone call. I think it's overlooked today where our elderly, are, they feel hope, hopeless or they're, you know, they're, they're frustrated like you were. Um, not, not physically that they, they're in pain, but they just may not be able to do things the way they used to do. Do you ever think about that? Um, I mean, I think people are good by default. I think, I think we're worried about judgment um, I think, I think if you saw somebody, yeah, I, I feel like if I was hit by a car or something on the street and somebody saw it, they would they would help me. I mean, I don't imagine myself lying there by myself for too long. Even even in the place that we were at, right away, um, somebody rushed in and said, "Oh my gosh, let's take him to the hospital." And they, I mean, we don't know anything about Colorado. We just got there, um, and then and then the guy came. Uh, the next day to see me in the hospital and oh, just wow. to see how, like, hey, I'm just checking in and how you're doing. Um, I think in terms of, you know, yourself and as you're getting older, you know, I'm not, I'm not that old yet, I guess, but <laughs> I even look at dancing, I can't do as much as before. Right. But it's, it's really, and definitely when I hurt myself, I couldn't do anything. I mean, I'm uh, pretty independent. I like being able to do my own things. And I remember that first night when I woke up, uh, I had to go to the bathroom in the middle of the night First night at home, I had to go to the bathroom the other night. And uh, I sat up, massive pain, but whatever. We'll deal with it. It's okay. I have my neck brace on, so, you know, pain's going to happen. But then I started getting dizzy. Mm. And I'm thinking, I don't know if I can stand up, because if I stand up and faint again, 
I'd like to screw myself over. So I had to wake up my wife, who was just lying next to me, but I'd never waken up my wife to go to the bathroom. Come on, Jesus. But I needed it, right? So I woke her up, and I felt one part like so helpless that I can't even stand up and go to the bathroom, but then also so grateful that there's somebody who can help me you know, get through it. And so what I've learned to do is uh, tie your self-esteem to the effort instead of the result. Mm. So if you, tie your, if you tie your self-worth, self-esteem, self-confidence to getting a result, you're only going to do things that you know you're going to get a result at, and therefore you play small for life. If you tie your self-worth to trying, the effort, then most days you may not win, but you're going to end up accomplishing so much more, right? And, and so, those little wins are important, right? Yeah, but more like you celebrate the effort. Like if I came out, if I was super nervous to like, oh my God, we're, we're American Real, I've made it, it's happening, right? I was super nervous, and all I did was vomit, you know, all over you, and the first I opened my mouth and blah, right? Um, I'm highly embarrassed, but I'm walking back after. It's like, I'm amazing that I tried, like that I got up there and tried, and then I'm hoping for my next interview you know, maybe I just vomit inside my mouth a little bit, and then the next one I'm, right? And you just, you get better through the action. Yeah. So tying yourself, most people say, oh my God, what a failure, I can't believe it, you suck, and maybe never ever try again to mm-hmm. go and be interviewed somewhere. Uh, but for me, it's, did I try my hardest? So when I was injured, especially, uh, just doing basic things uh, was really rough. And for some people, if we talk now, go to seniors, for some people, just getting out of bed is a struggle. Yes. And, but you should celebrate the fact that you tried. Yes. Like, are you proud of your effort daily? We're, I think we're too outcome-driven. Mm-hmm. But here's what ends up happening. You win something, but it was easy. You might get some kind of trophy, but it was super easy. You post about it on Instagram and say, look at me. But inside, it's hollow. You know it's, you know it's fake. If you ran a race against three-year-olds, you're going to win. Congratulations. Right. Like, who cares? Right? That's what most people are playing for, these, these fake trophies that don't actually mean anything, because inside you know that it wasn't really difficult. We're not being challenged enough. And so um, being able to look yourself in the mirror at the end of the night and say, am I proud of my effort? I have a thing that I call the pillow test, that before I hit my head on the pillow at night, am I proud of the effort that I put in? Love that. Right? For that day. For that day. Like every day. I've got to be yeah. proud of my effort that I put in. Not that I get a result or not. Like I'm trying to put believe into everything I do. I'm trying in this interview. Maybe I don't accomplish it. Right? Maybe I, I struggle for the day. But I try. Like am I proud of the effort that I put in? I'm rewarding that. Like huge pat on the back. Good job. Even though the world tells you you suck because you got no outcome. That's awesome. Yeah. Gratitude. Mm-hmm. How important is gratitude in your life? Um, I feel like I'm, I'm in a... It's a very important... I feel like it's almost a constant state. Oh, I love it. That's um, great. I, I actually honestly struggle with gratitude practices. Like, we can get there super easily, but I don't feel the benefit. Like, I'm so grateful that you're here right now, just by default, right? Likewise, yeah. Um, that you would make the trip to come from New York to be here, and, like, I think this is the only time I had available before going on my tour, and, like, okay, we'll make it work, and, here and here are. you are, right? <laughs> um, it's amazing. Uh, I think... Gratitude for me becomes an easy byproduct of being positive, happy, and how that comes is by doing one meaningful work. Like if you wake up and do work that you know is meaningful and serving others, it's, I think, easier to be a lot more grateful. If you're waking up and doing work that you hate and is soul-sucking, then you might need a, a stronger gratitude practice to remind you that, hey, your life isn't that bad. You know, you live in America, you've got internet, like it's ahead of so many other people. Um, and then, and then changing your state right away. So 
one of the first things I do every morning, I go through five S's. The first is sing. And I put on a song. Because music is the fastest way to change your state. So when I don't wake up and like, Wow, yes! Oh, here we go! Like Thursday, let's crush it, right? <laughs> Nobody does that. Tony Robbins doesn't do that. Nobody does that, right? Um, but, but successful people demand excellence from themselves on a daily basis. And so they have routines and rituals that set them up for success instead of randomly hoping something positive happens to them that day. And so for me, the first step is singing. So I put on a song that will make me want to sing. And, you know, it'll be a song that I like. You may hate it and vice versa. But there's some music that if it came on, you would just automatically just start bouncing. You couldn't help it. Like, oh, I love that song. Like, that's a great way to start your day because it shifts you from being um, maybe not negative but just neutral and maybe a little tired into a positive state. And if you're dancing, and if I, if I take my wife and do a turn with her or something, like it's so much easier to just be in the state of gratitude. And then when you're doing work that on the net, there's a lot of stuff that happens every day that I hate just of running the business. But, but net, it's always it's, it's good, right? It's positive. Um, I find that it's much easier to, do, uh, to, to achieve the state of gratitude when you're doing work that's meaningful and you set up your routines to set you up for success. So you said five S's? Yeah. Can you go through them quick? Yeah, so sing is the first one. Okay. So we talked about that. Yeah. Next is sun. So like getting outside. Mm-hmm. Just switch it. Even if you work from home, just get outside. Get in nature. You don't have to be a huge. Don't go. You don't have to hug a tree unless that's your thing. But just like fresh air, right? So take the dogs. Just get some fresh air. Um, sore is the next one. That's the most important thing. What's the thing that makes you sore? Like, what's the thing that makes you feel bold, powerful, confident, unstoppable? And do that every day. Hmm. For some people, maybe it's listening to this, like watching this show. If that's the thing, then there's lots of episodes. Like start your day with American Real, right? Or start your day with prayer or meditation or whatever. Like no judgment of what you need to do to come alive. Right. For you, it's going to be serving somehow, yep. right? For me, it is too. I, I go live on Instagram. And then people join me from my audience. And, and I love it when they can come in video. Yeah. And I'm helping somebody. Right. And we just I help them for half an hour. So that's your sore. That's my sore. But you have to find, like, that's the biggest thing. If you can figure out, most people are not consistent in feeling sore. We have these blips. We have moments of feeling bold, powerful, right. confident. This little blip. But then you wake up the next day and you feel you're back to where you were, right? Yeah. Understand what made you feel that way and then do it every day. So reverse engineer yourself. Maybe it's music. Maybe it's helping somebody, whatever it is, right? If you need to meditate naked, holding your cat in the air outside, you know, great, like, that's how you start your day. Go, right? There's a guy, a friend of mine who he lives in Europe and he, he does a morning purge where he goes out, even in the middle of winter, uh, in his boxers and takes a freezing cold bucket of water, pours it over his head, and then yells at the top of his lungs. Right? That's his sore. That's his sore. Like <laughs> he feels it. unbeatable after that. Look at that. Amazing. That sounds terrible to me, right? But that's okay. Like you do you and I'm going to do me. Yeah. I'd rather go on Instagram Live and help people. <laughs> that's right. But that's the thing. It's like we judge ourselves by other people's schedules and their version of balance, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, Dwayne Johnson wants to work out for four to five hours a day. And when he's on a movie set, he'll wake up five hours before he has to be on set and work out for four and do cardio twice and weights twice and then go to the set, mm-hmm. right? Um, amazing. That's his version of balance. Uh, I think he's crazy. I don't look like Dwayne Johnson, <laughs> right? We value different things. Yes. But when he's in a gym, it's his, it's his like zone and meditation and like he's folk, right? Awesome. That works for him. 
So we judge ourselves by other people's schedules and say, well, I should be doing like that. I should be working out for four hours a day, or I should be doing the purge out naked with buckets of water, right? You try on the hat. You see if it fits. If not, you move on. You figure out, right? This is about you being the best you, not a hack of somebody else. Um, so that's the most, and we spent the most time, I guess, on that because the most important, right? If you did the thing that made you feel bold, powerful, confident, alive every morning, you did that for a year, your life in a year from today is going to be insanely different. This is why you can't have a goal for the end of next year because you don't know what you're going to be. Right. <laughs> not if you're growing, right? Yeah, not if you're growing, that. not if you're learning. Yeah. Um, and then the last two are sweat and scare. So sweat will be a quick um, workout. Okay. I'm getting back into it, still recovering from the neck, okay. but right now we're doing 100 push-ups, 100 squats, 100 jump jacks. Right in the house? Yeah, yeah, just like, let's go. Yep. And then scare, I'll take a cold shower. Just something that scares me. <laughs> you do that. I do, I, but I don't yell. It's hot, I don't, well, I, I studied with Wim. Like, he came to Toronto. We did a one-on-one. He, we did an interview, and then we sat in the ice bath. Um, and I haven't gotten sick in, in, like, three years. Incredible. It's crazy. Yeah. It's wild. I used wow. to get sick all the time, and I would avoid. Av- like, if you said, I'm sick, I'd like, oh, my gosh. Like, let's, let's postpone or something. And you're still eating Doritos? Uh, I don't eat the Doritos except on the weekend. But I got this giant bag of Doritos next to me. Okay. Because I think you got to do things. I have a strategy called Damn the Doritos. Uh, this is, a main, again, counter to most people in my industry. When you're on a diet, people say, get rid of the junk food from your house. Uh, I think it's a good short-term solution. Like when you break your leg, you, you have crutches. But your goal after you break your leg is to walk again, not right. to be on a crutch for the rest of your life. For people who eliminate the junk food from their house, what ends up happening is when they go on vacation, parties, anywhere that's not their perfect environment, they destroy all the food. And so I think in eliminating the junk food from your house, you're actually teaching yourself that you suck. And I want to do the opposite. I want to teach myself that I'm awesome. You're better than that. I'm stronger than the Doritos. Stronger. Damn the Doritos. Wow. That's why they're right in front of me all day long. But you will have them on the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Saturday <laughs> I'll have them. But, but for all of that kind of stuff, right? Like, I like that. Uh, for people who say, um, put your cell phone in the other room. Right when the alarm goes off, mm-hmm. so you have to get, I think you're teaching yourself that you suck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're teaching yourself that I'm not capable of just getting up. You don't have the control. Yeah. Now, if you need to use that as a step, awesome, mm-hmm. great, do it. Right. But your ultimate goal should be to have the phone right next to you, the alarm goes off, and you get up. Yep. That's, that's the inner game, right? That's the being proud of yourself that nobody else can give you. It's like, for some people, so for me, it's not a big deal. If an alarm goes off, I can get up. But for some people, it's like the hardest thing in the world. <laughs> That's why the outcome focus doesn't fit. Because that's not, I wouldn't be proud of myself for just getting up when the alarm goes off. But the Doritos, yeah, baby. Other people may hate Doritos, so it's easy for them. Doing something that makes you proud of yourself becomes the whole game. Because if you're proud of yourself, I actually think people should be harder on themselves. Um, I think everybody should be harder on themselves. But But most people can't handle it. Like most people are already in a state of, depression, anxiety, some suicide. You, they can't go harder on themselves because it's going to be over for them. The problem is they're lacking the self-love. If you're built off a foundation of self-love, you can go way harder on yourself. How do you get to self-love? By doing difficult things. By showing yourself that you're amazing. By staring at a bag of Doritos all day long and not eating it, even though your mouth, my mouth is watering just thinking, thinking about, about the Doritos. The, saw, the, the little sprinkles on oh. Right? So good. And then, the, and then the other side of my head is saying, and you're amazing for not touching them. Right. Somebody brought a bag of Doritos to my studio uh, during one of my workshops. Like, let me smell it. I want to smell it. That's good enough. 
Yeah, I know. It's like, that makes me feel even better. Mm. This is maybe where I get super crazy weird duck, but if you had Doritos on you right now, I would take it, bring it in. Ah, just like enjoy the Doritos smell and then give it right back to you. And then my head is like, you are the greatest human on the face of the planet, right? Like that's how you build self-love, by doing difficult things and by being proud of the effort, right? And then if you're there, then you can be way harder on yourself, right? Because there's so much self-love. Most people have no self-love and so they can't handle a little bit of criticism. Right? Once you get to that point, yeah. then push yourself harder, right? It, there's, there's an acceleration of being able to achieve bigger and bigger things. Is that, is that right? The, I see it as like, if you look at the yin-yang circle, like yes. the black and the white, the more you build your self-love, the more you can build the hardness. Mm. The more you're your cheerleader, the more you can be your biggest critic. I think you need to be your, your biggest critic as well as your biggest cheerleader. Yes. I posted on Instagram today um, that I wish people were their own number one fans as much as they, they're a fan of that. sports teams. Yes. We'll cheer like, hey, go right. Yankees. How about, yeah, yeah, cheer for yourself yes. the same way you cheer for the Yankees. Wow. People don't do that. Yeah. As soon as you do that, it's egotistical, mm. right? So maybe you don't shout it from the rooftops, but at least like internally, right? right? It's a constant voice. So publicly, most of the time I'm saying, I suck. Like we're still trying to get better. I, we're, we, we're just scratching the surface of what's possible. Like we suck, we suck, we suck. But that's more a skill set. The conversation inside the head is I'm... I'm I got this. I'm a right. genius. I'm amazing. Wow. Right? And I think that that's a gift that everybody can have. I want everybody to love themselves more. I want everybody to believe in themselves more. That's why it's the world's biggest problem. Because if everybody woke up and felt that way, we'll solve everything. Awesome. Evan Carmichael, this has been amazing. I learned a lot today. I always learn from you. It's great to meet you in person. Thank you for sharing uh, everything that you did with us today, uh, the wealth of knowledge. And let's do this again. Looking forward to it, man. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks for tuning in to American Real. Be sure to visit our website, AmericanReal.tv, or search for us on iTunes or YouTube for past episodes. While you're there, please rate us or leave us a review, as that helps others find our show. I am truly grateful and appreciate all of your support. If you'd like to be part of our inner circle or want one-on-one -on -one coaching, check out the American Real Learning Academy, where we have self-help groups and courses so you can build the best you. We also have a new Facebook group where you can connect with high achievers from around the world. If you want to go even further, maybe you're determined to write your own book or launch your own podcast, contact me today to see if we can help. You can reach me through Instagram or Facebook or email me directly at Roger at AmericanReal.tv. And speaking of podcasting, our next course will be starting soon. So if you're interested in launching your own podcast, join me at Podcast Your Passion. I'll take you through my eight-week course where I'll mentor you to build a world-class podcast. I'm only taking on a small group of people who want to share their passion through broadcasting, where I'll have you up on iTunes and YouTube within weeks so you can podcast your passion. Click on the link below for more information. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.